David Mills, how are you? I'm fine, mate. Just, you know, sun's out, isn't it? Sun's out, guns out, loving it. Yeah. Got a, uh, a stag do later today, you see, so I'm supposed to be in <laughs> Prague. But obviously that got completely shit canned, so we're uh, sticking on Sky Sports, watching a repeat of Saints Wigan, and... Uh, and then sitting on Zoom and chatting away and spending the night having a, having a drink. Mate, that sounds absolutely cracking. More power to you. I suppose it's a good thing that, uh, not a good thing, but you know, that this is happening now. Because imagine it happened in 1996. Just be, everyone would be out there. Just be saying, yeah. Yeah, Britain's alcoholism levels would go to previously unthought levels, which would be very <laughs> high indeed. Um, but anyway, that's bad stuff. There's going to be good stuff following this. There's going to, of course, be the Stealth Game Wank reboot which you'll be following. But we thought we'd have a little chat and talk about one of the things that uh, that we saw in our email inbox. Now, quite a few Mm -hmm. people, and we love you all, thank you so much, have emailed us. Just with little stories, slices of life, I believe wankers in film studies classes would call them. Um, But some of these emails uh, are very funny and just stuff that, I don't know, they lift my spirits, Dave, just because with constant bad news it's good to know that there is still weird and stupid shit that you can laugh about going on oh 100 percent. so uh when this email came in i laughed my head off for about two days i won't read it all out um uh but it's from a guy called garth and uh party on obviously and uh yes he said i thought i'd share this amazing community story uh this happened to a friend of mine who lives uh, a few blocks away and they're in the north, we won't say where. On the 2nd of April, said friend awoke to find two Frey Bentos pies uh, on his front doorstep. No note, nothing, just pies. Turns out some phantom pie delivery had been made to all the houses on his street. 102 Frey Bentos pies donated to the houses. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> now, Isn't Frey Bentos the Cuban leader that's been in power since 1959? <laughs> I thought that as well, and I just... You know what? It's it's stuff like that, like I was saying, that you, you just need to laugh at something. Just uh, It is obviously kind, but it's also got, as you say, <laughs> that hint of uh, of stupidity about it because it's Frey Bentos. <laughs> yeah. Phantom pie delivery is... That is such a beautiful sentence. Honestly, we've, we've got a few... Uh, we've got a few more emails coming. And um, we'll probably go through you know, one a week or, or, or we're not sure how to structure it yet. But one of these, which we're going to be talking about very soon, is so unbelievably well written from someone, a, a British guy and his partner who are living in Burma at the mm-hmm. moment. It's so it's fascinating good. It's going to, uh, we're going to make it into a movie. We've optioned it there. So now no one else can do it. Okay. Um, but it was so well written. I felt like I could have been reading it in National Geographic or something like that. It is fantastic. Uh, that one's a bit heavier than this. So we'll leave. We don't want to you know, do that one now because, you know, then it's just going to go into Jim and Richie talking about bobies or something, you know, thematically. There, I've listened to the podcast. There is. There's a lot of bobies. There's a lot of bumholes. There's actually another stag do there. It's wharf stag do. They, they talk about that. And there's obviously about 50 minutes of Star Trek. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, well, I, I'm thankful that I'm actually working on something. <laughs> something that's not as uh, unbelievably stupid sounding as that. Um, and have such have not listened to it yet. But yeah, so Frey Bentos pie delivery. I love the idea of someone just going, I'm going to buy 102 Frey. Well, maybe they didn't buy them. Maybe they had them. I'd love to know the backstory, but like anything, knowing the backstory would ruin the mystique. You don't want an episode one, the Frey Bentos delivery guy. Because <laughs> you know, it'll just... It, it, but the documentary about the episode one of Frey Bentos <laughs> would be fantastic. 
Yes, absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, there's, um, you know, when we first said about the uh, the email account, we said it so mainly that people could could just write to us if they wanted, write to us like we're fucking Saturday morning TV presenters or something, but uh, just to get things off their chest. And I think people need that. Uh, I'll say things that they don't want to say or can't say on the phone to people. But we've had so much good stuff, so much nice, positive stuff. It's, uh, to be honest, it has all been yeah. interesting. The weirdness that abounds in situations like these, those little stories, are the things that people should be focusing on. And um, yeah, a lot of people, I know that they, they're getting anxious because they feel that they're in history. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, history can be written later. You know, just, just send us stories about pies or... You know, day-to-day living isn't yeah, it yeah exactly, are, exactly. I'm not, Burma roof or yeah that's not to to minimize it at all but if you spend all your time like thinking obsessing about the situation it's, it's just going to make things worse so easier said than done of course but uh i'm not your dad i'm not telling you off um but yeah so yeah Frey bento's story re- every time i read it or think about it it really perks me up <laughs> so <laughs> there's a fellow who bought his entire village fish and chips as well wasn't there was there i didn't see that one he didn't email it. Was, it was like, like 300, yeah, it was about 300 people. It was like, fair play. Yeah. Got some cash in that village. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably just sitting around now, wondering, not spending it in the pub. Got a load of spare cash. Well, Dave, we uh, we better log out of this thing now to let, uh, oh, I don't know, those knobheads talk about every single shot in every single episode of Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars? Oh, sorry, guys. Star Trek. Don't have your head for that. Yeah. Uh, that'll be fine. I'll probably get chewed out for that one but i hope you enjoy your little zoom uh rugby shit dave oh it's gonna be great mate yeah and uh, i hope everyone else who's tuned into this enjoys uh 20 minutes of jim trinker just wetting himself <laughs> over the word bulby and other such things <laughs> well that's all to he's come got such guys. a joyous child's little giggle when he gets oh, going so uh, he's got the brain of a child and i mean i don't mean childish i mean childlike there is a difference yeah uh but yes uh, once again uh thank you for listening we'll let those idiots start talking now but as ever take care of yourselves and uh, we'll see you shortly bye bye well, i remember when we used to uh get invited on to other people's podcasts it was yeah. always on skype mm. and um the thing that you you mustn't do is start looking at things on the internet <laughs> oh god yeah <laughs> so i just like it was flashback to the amount of times i've been on like a podcast or something and i've just been looking something up and then i get asked a question i'm like hmm <laughs> yeah no because you're on fucking gateworld.com or something right <laughs> <laughs> you're reading about the season one episode called lazarus and uh, <laughs> Today in the SG1 rewatch. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, I do that in my actual real life. Um, I get told <laughs> off constantly. You weren't listening to me, were you? And I'm like, what? Sorry? Yeah, no, I totally, I was listening. This is such a cliche, but whoever it is, is like, well, what was I just saying then? And I'm like, I just pick out the last sort of fully formed word that wormed its way into the subconscious. And it's oh, like yeah. something about how you want to eat biscuits. <laughs> and then they look at you and go, Okay. <laughs> I've been on the receiving end of that because, like, um, mm. uh, my girlfriend hasn't had any experience of all the shite that I like to watch, specifically Star Trek. She's brand new to Star Trek. Yeah. And uh, if we're watching something and she'll pick up her phone and look at it, but she has this tendency to do it right before something very important happens. Mm. And I'm like, you need to, you need, 
you've missed a whole explanation of what's going on here and then she'll reel the explanation back to me and I'm like alright fine fine <laughs> <laughs> you're clearly better at this than I am I mean, it comes to something when your partner's better at you at watching Star Trek. <laughs> oh, God. I got her to watch Wrath of Khan a few months ago. Yeah. And then it was like, it took ages of badgering. Yeah. It's not like she's not enjoying it. I think it's just when I start to get enthusiastic, she sort of turns off a wee bit. <laughs> but after we watched it, I was like, immediately after two, I was like, right, on to three. She's like, what? what? I just... <laughs> I've just done two. So obviously we managed to get to three last night because our sleeping patterns are all pot. We got, was like, I just kept looking at her while we were watching it and I got to like, just before the Enterprise is about to be destroyed and I'm like, wake up! <laughs> <laughs> this, this is your only chance to see me crying. <laughs> I told you I was sensitive. <laughs> well, he is quite sensitive right enough. <laughs> <laughs> so much and she's like is there a love story in this one and I was like only the love of true friendship <laughs> she just sort of did a only, <sighs> only the love of a captain and his ship <laughs> the, the burnt fucking husk of the Enterprise streaks across the sky of the Genesis planet and you're like ah, with your heart in your chest like, it's beautiful man. have you noticed on the Blu-ray version when it's the sort of close up of them all standing on the cliff face watching the Enterprise burning up mm. that it was not until the Blu-ray version you can see the ripples in the studio curtain in the background <laughs> no I can't say I have I'm, <laughs> <laughs> no I've not noticed that fucking hell <laughs> This is, this is already the most Richie Morgan conversation I've ever had. <laughs> um, Sorry, we sort of straight into the I know, we should Star probably... Chat, we it? didn't even do our hello and welcome once again to Game Wank. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is re oh, we're God. rebooting Game Wank at the back door, right? Secretly, like, yeah. So this is when people are listening and like, oh, oh it's that guy. Um, oh. But we, um, we genuinely had plans to do that this year. Right? Can we talk about that? Yeah. I mean, it's not like neither of us have signed an NDA, is yeah. it? It's like... <laughs> as if we're on fucking Howard Stern. Can we talk about that? <laughs> Let me speak to my lawyer. <laughs> so I just really I mean, weirdly yeah. ended up before all the sort of nonsense happened. The, no the nonsense. It's like how my mum will say everything's a situation. Yeah. It's a, a, a situation. Actually, my mum was talking, my mum's been watching Outlander, right? And I've mm. not. If not, uh, I've not watched Outlander, but from my understanding, there's a lot of uh, shagging. Oh man, it's totally grot for basically women your mum's age. <laughs> we were in the car the other day and she says, you know what, well not the other day, I mean, I don't want anyone sending me hate tweets that I'm hanging out with my mum. Pre all of this yeah. in the car, she's like, we've been watching Outlander and you know, I'm really enjoying it, but I'm really enjoying it, but um, a lot of shenanigans. <laughs> I was like, what, the, what do you mean? It took honestly like a couple of minutes to realise she was talking about shagging. Oh, you're you're thinking there's like a subplot about an insurance scam or something? <laughs> shenanigans. So, uh, can I describe some of the shenanigans from Outlander? Sure. Uh, so sure. the very first episode, and this is about as much as I've seen of Outlander. Mm -hmm. um, if I remember rightly, the very first sort of few scenes is set in the forties or the late thirties. Mm -hmm. And it has an extremely not subtle scene where her husband goes down on her. Right. It's quite jarring because you don't think, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that practice was invented in the 70s, wasn't it? No, man. I watched Mary <laughs> Queen of Scots the other day and there was a guy. <laughs> <laughs> I know it wasn't actually invented in the 70s. I was, just, I was doing a wee joke. 
I was doing a wee jape. A wee... Right. I was japing your boss. When you're a kid and you, your entire view of the world is through television, so when you look at television and films from the past, yeah, you just think that nobody talked about sex before, mm. like, 1992. You always wonder, like, I wonder what they called it back then. <laughs> What's the Latin for it? <laughs> I mean, cunnilingus, that's it. I mean, I'm pretty sure it is Latin, isn't it? I, don't... <laughs> I, I tell you not. That because I think that that practice that that practice like it's like like it's accountancy. I'm enjoying how awkwardly that how awkward we're both. I'm just imagining your mum talking about shenanigans and, and <laughs> but that's like the first scene that that happens, and it's like she can't claim to have. It's not been sprung on her, you know what I mean? <laughs> is what I'm saying. I love the idea of them putting that scene at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, so are the dads are like oh and lifting their papers up. You tell your mum leaving, that leaving Jamie your mom Trinka said that she's only got herself to play. <laughs> yeah. Imagine she'd be like, Jamie, wait, wait, wait. I thought he was a nice um, boy. <laughs> <laughs> is, is Outlander basically Goodnight Sweetheart with production value? Uh, you know what? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> it's a gender okay. flipped... Good night, sweetheart. Right. In which the protagonist travels between the forties and uh, the Jacobean era, I guess. Oh right, okay. I mean, I, I, Jacobean is like Scottish people cutting about in doublets. <laughs> <laughs> doublets. What's doublets? a doublet? Doublet. <laughs> <laughs> Scottish people wearing shirts. <laughs> It was that period. It was the shirt period. Right. The Scottish history is divided into periods of uh, wearing a blanket, <laughs> wearing a shirt, <laughs> and wearing a Spider-Man t-shirt. <laughs> that's that's it. That's the entire this culture. Is... <laughs> This is you. You've you've been getting right. I mean, I know you've always kind of been into historical drama, but I feel like your interest in historical drama is really. I've been watching it ramp up over the last few. Really, years. I always wonder if you like take note of my tweets <laughs> <laughs> with a raised eyebrow, like fucking. I, I remember Spock. a good solid six months of fucking war elephants on Twitter. <laughs> that was a while ago. That was game wank era. That was back in the day. Um, war elephants. The thing that killed the war elephants thing for me is I realised no matter how many tweets I did about it, nobody, nobody was interested. <laughs> yeah, but, but I basically someone responded to one of the war elephants tweets with I think it might have been Dan Douglas actually, mm -hmm. and he said war elephants is how people from Newcastle refer to their elephants. <laughs> <laughs> and I realised that none of my tweets about war elephants would ever be as Whatever. funny as that single reply, and that, that killed it for me. Isn't it really funny when you get into something that's obviously been around way longer than you have? Yeah. But it's just come into your life and it's a brand new thing. Yeah. And it's like, for me, like... I mean, I kind of saw it years ago, but I got properly into I, Claudius, just after Christmas. Oh, God, yeah. 
And um, oh, I remember I kept, this. I remember your I Claudius period. Yeah, <laughs> I just kept telling folk about I Claudius. Yeah, like, I was just I was just watching I Claudius and telling them what's happening. And it's like, Richie, it's a yet again, it's a BBC show from the seventies. I don't. <laughs> I'm not going to be like. Is oh, it on Britbox? No. I <sighs> forgot because I signed up for. Well, it might be now, but I signed up for Britbox, and mm. it wasn't on. Like that was the whole reason I signed up. And it wasn't on there, so I went and got the DVDs. <laughs> Man. It's fucking brilliant, though. I, Claudius, is incredible. Like, I, yeah. Claudius, is from this era of television where they were still figuring out how to do drama. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They kind of block it and shoot it, shoot it in quotes, in the same way they would block a, a theatre production, right? Yeah. So it's televised theatre. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's no sort of evolution of the, like, they would have a TV play mm. yeah. every week. Certainly right going back right into the 60s. And yeah, that, but, totally. Uh, and and that, was a, that was a kind of hangover from the radio days, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really fascinating, I, I Claudius, and the ones around it, like the Six Wives of Henry VIII and Elizabeth R with uh, Glenda Jackson, which is also, like, incredible. I put the Henry VIII one on my... To-do list. I, Claudius, in particular, has an incredible cast. Every fucking great British actor from the 20th century is in it. Yeah. Like, from Brian Blessed to Patrick Stewart to John Hurt, like, they're all there. I know, they sort of just keep appearing. John Rhys-Davis is in there as well. Yeah. It's a who's who of, like, every great actor and actress from that era. Yeah. And it needs that because the sets are shy. It's shot on fucking high eight. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you know, it doesn't look like much and it doesn't sound like much. I mean, it's not to take away Mm. from the talent of the people who produced it. It was all of its time. It was all of its budget kind of thing. But, like, the, the, um, the performance really draw you in that stuff melts away you're not you don't even notice no i know that that is what's wild about it because i think when you do when i I remember sitting down to watch the first episode and thinking okay this might take me a wee while to watch but by the end of episode one i was like right (laughs) i'm in for the long haul i'm now about to begin this strange history of my life let me go you fat drunken cow i found him in drusilla's bed Naked, the pair of them. You acted as her pimp and her procurer. That's not true. Liar! This puts the Emperor's life in danger. The moment you relinquish your power, you're a dead man. I think um, when it comes to film and television and stuff, I feel like if you imagine it like a big set of scales, mm. and um, one of the scales you get your resources, and now you've got your quality, and it's like, this is a really bad analogy. Think of it as like a slider on a, a set of sliders on a PC game, right? What the fuck are you on about? <laughs> I don't know. Basically, what I'm trying to say is if you take production quality away from a film or a TV program, right, you need to compensate with quality of either story, script, or acting. Yeah. If you turn them down, you can compensate with production quality, which is why there's so many just shite films that are fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But you can watch, you can watch like a really badly acted indie film if the story mm. is mental and fun. This is how like everyone got into Game of Thrones for a decade, right? And only realised mm. it was a load of shite when it finished. <laughs> I have never seen, not since Lost, have I seen a fucking, the whiplash from how everyone, I know you didn't, but how everyone gave a shit about Game of Thrones and it was like, it was like the last like water cooler TV show. Everyone talked about it. Mm-hmm. Even the kinds of people who who wouldn't be into that sort of stuff usually 
it was like you know fantasy for everyone kind of thing and like yeah everyone talked about it and then the minute the credits rolled on the final episode it was like right <laughs> that was it we're not mentioning that anymore because it was fucking dog shit yeah you're right it did just disappear didn't it it's fucking vanished because people i think people i don't know why other people weren't talking about it but this is why i wasn't talking about it i felt fucking mm-hmm. duped i was like all right oh, it was shit that whole time <laughs> it was should have listened to richie um <laughs> And it's got no rewatchability because because the because of the ending completely fails to stick any kind of landing. From what I can gather from like what I because you absorb a lot on Twitter, mm. but like when a show is, it might be unfair to me for me to say it relies on shocks, but for it to hit so many cliffhangers and twists. Yeah. Like, how rewatchable can it be after that? Yeah, I mean, it, the show kind of starts out as a, it, it's a massive who done it, right? Right. Once once you find out who done it, uh-huh. there's various threads of who did what. But once you find out all the who done it's, right, it carries on for like another fucking two years. But is that the two years that haven't been covered in the books yet? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh right, okay. I I, I probably sound like I think I know more about it than I actually do. <laughs> it's kind of melted away from my memory now. That show as well. Like it got to the point as well where every year when it would come on. I would struggle to remember where we were. It was like picking, oh, yeah. you know, it was like trying to get back into a video game that you hadn't played for a year. It was like, I don't know what the fucking buttons are. Or- Man, that's fucking, that's such a problem. <laughs> now, like being old where it's like, especially when TV shows go away for about a year and a half mm. at a time or two years at a time and they come back and you're like, where, where, where are we? Who's that? Yeah. Like I wa- <laughs> I'm really bad at watching TV shows now, but I started watching that Maniac and it took me about six months to watch the whole thing. I remember getting to the last episode and <laughs> being like, who's that? I don't remember what, well, I don't know what, I don't know what's going on. Why is he significant? Oh, that's something that happened in episode one that I can't remember. <laughs> and I was just <laughs> lost. I've re- I got to the end of it. I was like, well, I fucked that entirely. <laughs> oh, it's mad, it's mad how like, there's so many shows these days that are just designed to for, for binge watching. Yeah. And they just don't work as weekly installments anymore. I know, which is a shame because like I do really enjoy having something to look forward to week to week. Yeah. And also I think it's better to absorb it like that because... I always find it when I binge stuff, I've forgotten where the beats are, what happened where, what you know, it's just a big yeah. blob. It's like the difference between properly knowing a subject or cramming for an exam. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're not really taking anything in. It's a real fucking monkey paw thing for us because mm-hmm. we've known each other a long fucking time. Yeah. I feel so old. Probably about, you know, between 15 and 20 years ago, we would have been saying things like really evangelizing the arc-based television of like babylon 5 and deep space 9 particularly the day it was just like oh man if there was even a hint that a storyline was lasting more than two episodes you're like whoa yeah it's like yeah and this is what telly should be it should be long form it should trust its audience to remember stuff and episodic television is so fucking basic and i mean we didn't have that sort of vocabulary back then but that's you know (laughs) Don't know what we'd have said back then. Bodacious or something. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember the 2000s, do you? Vaguely. I, I, rem- well, then- I remember you fucking cutting about in a purple Hulk sweater, but that was... <laughs> that was it. A pair of fucking baggy cords. I remember wearing a fucking baseball cap a lot of the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh dear. Wearing a hat with a Batman symbol on it and walking around central Scotland and hearing people going... Oh, Batman! 
<laughs> Where's Robin? <laughs> right. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I got one the other day. I, um, God, I was doing a job somewhere and it was a favour I was doing for someone actually, but it was in, it was in the bowling club in yeah. Up Hall. And... Um, <laughs> I've got this jumper that's got like a sort of knitted spaceman on it, right? Mm. And I came at the toilet and this guy that I've never spoken to in my life just went, spaceman. <laughs> <laughs> and he went into the toilet. I was like, I don't I don't know if that was a compliment or he was taking the piss <laughs> or... <laughs> Scotland's like that though, isn't it? <laughs> spaceman. I mean, he probably just said out loud what he saw me. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, know. people do that. I mean, have you seen... <laughs> Do you remember when we worked in in the cinema in, in Westerhill? Fucking hell, this is going. This is just memory lane. The podcast now. When mm. when we worked in the cinema in Wester Hills, and uh, one of the wee fucking delinquents that we regularly had to chuck out. Every audience staff member had to was wearing a baseball cap. It's part of the uniform. <laughs> and the guy, when he was halfway at the door after you chucked him out, turned around and shouted, "Shot it, hot heat." <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking clean shirt, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, Sorry, what were you saying? I can't even remember. I don't know what we're talking. <laughs> I've completely lost the thread now. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, probably... I think let's circling it back. Let's circle back. Let's circle let's... back to. Uh, let's circle back. Let's right? circle back. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So the point I was making was like because everything is everything is art based now uh-huh. all fucking television is art based now it doesn't matter mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't matter what the genre is like fucking every show on Netflix is like the Babylon 5 of cupcakes or <laughs> the Babylon 5 like Picard was like the Babylon 5 of hubris right <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean it is a real monkey paw moment for us two particularly I've been thinking about that a lot because it's like all television is art based now and it's it's crap. I know. It's yeah. <laughs> I wish someone would hit out with a Star Trek show that was just fucking a weekly thing, you know? I always used to love like back in the day when TV shows had an arc, but they had a season that was like fucking 26 episodes. Yeah. So every time they had a major moment in a TV series, mm. the episode after was usually fucking lighthearted. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know you're always left with this what the fuck is going to happen next and then it would be like we're all going on holiday <laughs> yeah we're, we're all going to rise <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a season six of, yeah season six of d space nine that starts with the big six episode arc about um retaking the station you retaking the station and yeah. then the episode after is dax and Worf get married <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you have Worf stag do <laughs> It's always it's it's stuff like that, but you're right. I I do kind of miss that sometimes as well. Like those are where the weed nuggets of gold come through. I think, especially Deep Space Nine's like standalone episodes are so good. Deep Space Nine's standalone episodes are often what give it the hooks that make you give a fuck about the arc. Yeah, the standalone episodes are all like little vignettes about the characters, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's the thing that Discovery doesn't have. And that's the thing that Picard doesn't have. Yeah. Like like I remember in Discovery season two, they have we're just talking about star trek now yeah it's fine in discovery <laughs> season two they have that whole fucking thing about the mad robot woman who dies and there's a fucking there's, there's like a spock she gets, she gets a bigger fucking funeral than spock she hadn't <laughs> she'd spoken three fucking lines of dialogue in the whole show and two of them were in the episode where she dies i know the hilarious thing is is like because they had her at the beginning of the episode it's like oh she's got some uh, yeah. she's gonna die isn't she <laughs> 
<laughs> you're doing this big fucking teary funeral for a character and you've not earned it because they've got 12 episodes of arc arc yeah. arc arc yeah, in an yeah, ideal yeah. world in, in a parallel universe somewhere mm -hmm. there's a 26 episode version of discovery season two where half the episodes are like should we go to fucking riser or <laughs> you know oh fucking hell i'm stuck i'm stuck in a video game cat and i can't get out <laughs> i'm stuck in morrowind let's go to the pub i just like we have the conversation with the holiday the other day about how like that they had this fucking... Have we talked about this already in a Probably. podcast? Maybe we have. But they've got this fucking incredible piece of technology where the limits the limits of what you can do is boundless. Because you create the rules, you create everything. Like a video game, you, you know, the characters. You can literally go in there and say, create this character for me. It looks like this, it speaks like this, and it's got the knowledge of this person. Mm. And it, it, here it comes. And it's like, where do they go? I want to go to a bar in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> not a bar in paris that i've invented it's a bar in paris that i've been to <laughs> it's like like there's no escapism it's like i uh, just uh, I'm, I'm going to spoons <laughs> imagine skyrim was just going to spoons <laughs> exclusively on xbox that is one of the most fucking classic star trek things on picard actually was like sorry <laughs> talking about imagining like if it was if it was true to form you know it would be Riker rolling about in a giant pair of tits <laughs> <laughs> that's like all back <laughs> just like rolling about having a good time <laughs> And like this is Picard, directly the, from an episode of Game Week, right? The door, <laughs> the door is opening up. <laughs> Picard coming in, number one. Just to, to roll off like he's getting off a bouncy castle and straighten his uniform. <laughs> Slick back and his hair. And it holds for like an uncomfortably long time as he's getting off them. <laughs> Picard's completely straight faced though, because they've got holodecks and that sort of stuff happens yeah. all the time. <laughs> yeah. Take your time. Riker climbing out of a giant arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck wait the new computer open the iris <laughs> oh fuck wait the <laughs> fuck there's a minute come <laughs> <laughs> the uplifting podcast about quarantine life it says it's straight from its remit <laughs> i'd like to talk to you about how i've been spending my time writing star trek fan fiction <laughs> it is mad though isn't it like the um the most fucking blatantly like budget things in um picard was like the fact that he's ready room on the ship What's is that? just his foot it's just his hoose. <laughs> I know. The amount of, like, if you think about the amount of energy it's taking to simulate a room in his hoose. <laughs> ah, it was the weirdest decision, wasn't it? Mm. It's like, can we go outside? No. <laughs> 
I mean, of all the things they could have done, I mean, it, it was fan service, the, the TV show. So, like, of all the things they could have done there, they could have at least been like, I tell you what, well, let's just let's just recreate his ready room from the Enterprise. Folk will love that. <laughs> you know. I know. Could have had a wee moment where he's like, I uh, got you something, Captain. Look, he's like, this is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so very gentle. Um <laughs> <laughs> Picard was such a funny one, man. Like I, it's kind of like I, I was having this similar thing with the kind of latest version of Doctor Who as well, where it's like I'm not enjoying it, but I don't want to really complain in case they take it away from me. Oh man, <laughs> you know that way where you're like, don't, no, don't. Oh, so you hate it? Should we? St- no, don't stop. <laughs> don't be fucking yeah. stupid. But I think the thing that I found interesting about Picard is when it started. And trying to figure out why they made all the decisions that they made. Yeah. Like, we're doing a story about Bruce Maddox and fucking... I know. It's like Bruce Maddox and Hugh and and you're just like, why are you bringing all these characters? But And it's like, oh, it's so they can kill them. <laughs> so they, it's like, we can't... We want to be able to kill characters because that's the only way we can have drama We'll bring back some characters that nobody gives a shit about, and then we'll kill them. Echeb was the funniest one, man. <laughs> See when oh, they were like, man, See, I, I I was supposed to be look. I really like. I loved bits of Picard. Uh-huh. Right? Oh no, no, totally me too, man. I think it's a crap show with good bits. Uh huh. Um, yeah, and yeah. like with the Echeb thing. I only finished like my second only rewatch of Voyager since it aired like mm-hmm. months previously. So like Itcheb was very fresh in my mind at that. Okay. And it's so unceremonious the way he's just <laughs> offed. Um <clears throat> and you can imagine like if you are like a really big fan of Voyager, it's never been my favourite flavour of Trek. Well I've got I've come to appreciate it more now. Uh-huh. But like if you're big into Voyager and you're wondering what happened to that character and that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a bit yeah and it's like you know <laughs> what happens to him is horrendous there was a moment of when he appeared of you going is that and then it is oh he's dead <laughs> yeah yeah you want to give seven of nine a tragic backstory mm-hmm. she already has a tragic backstory <laughs> i know i know <laughs> Oh, we need it. Mayor, mayor tragic. That was the thing that I found hilarious as well when I realised it was around about the, the Riker episode, but like every major character that they brought back, if they weren't going to kill a character, they were going to give them a dead character from their past. Yeah, totally. I'll tell you <laughs> so, what, though, man. I mean, I loved lots of bits of it. I loved... Oh, look, uh, I'm not... Look, you know, see, when the first episode came on, I watched it three times before, like, the second one went up. Yeah, same. <laughs> same. <laughs> same. There was such good stuff in there, and it made me kind of think there is a ratio of good stuff to shite here that is reminiscent of, like, a first series of any Trek show, I think. I would not envy anyone that had to bring Picard back and make it different, but also fan service you know especially because you don't know what the energy is going to be like I and mean, Patrick Stewart's very old you don't know what the dynamics going to be like you don't know how the characters are going to play off each other and I think yeah I think that's a, a really really hard task for anyone to jump into oddly it's got shades of like the very first incarnation of Doctor Who isn't it you've got this old guy cutting about with all, all these kids you know <laughs> 
<laughs> and the old guy can't do much, but he's kind of the centre of the whole thing. I'd have hopes for season two because I feel like anyone could watch it and be like, right, I know how we can do this now. Because it's an opportunity to tell a more appropriate story. In any walk of sort of professional life, you can look at the first time you do anything and then have a have a debrief. And, and that's that's the point where they're at now. So I am, I'm genuinely excited for where it goes. I think, mm-hmm. for example, like Di- this- Discovery's second season was way better than its first one. I rewatched the two seasons recently and the jump in quality to season two is very very noticeable and apart from anything else it just feels more trekky yeah you know see like the moment and is it the second or third episode where they go to the the planet that's just got the- too far away from anything that's got the people on it and you're like yes yeah it's, it's too far away from anything that's got people on it but you can see a fucking church yeah and that is so star trek yeah and that, that i like, think we're back i think that was kind of along with the funny enough the first season episode with harry mud and the time loop oh yeah, yeah yeah like those two episodes were really when you when it started to feel like oh man star trek's actually back yeah um so i'm really looking forward to discovery season three i'm really looking oh, forward to uh i mean like that's... where it goes with it looks like it's it's gonna be a weird fucking uh, sequel quasi sequel to deep space nine from the look of it i know well, that's exciting as well but there's of course there's the whole there was like a question brought up in one of the mini episodes yeah like way back before series two started mm. about like how discovery ended up so far in the future with an ai on yeah. it and empty and abandoned which hasn't really come up in the show at all so yeah the, there's a bit in season two where you think they're gonna maybe refer uh, to it but it doesn't really happen and then uh, there's some weird fucking probe that shows up with tentacles that attacks them and it's never referred to ever again uh, you're like what the fuck was that <laughs> i'm wondering if discovery and uh, picard are kind of setting up the same they big must bad. be man. they must be because they both like for both for both seasons to have a moment where somebody has a vision of the whole of creation being destroyed by robots yeah, and all, and also a moment where there's some fucking shite about tentacles that never gets referred Aye, to afterwards. Exactly. I mean, I like when I rewatched it, I thought I was under the impression at the end of Voyager they destroyed the Borg. Was I meant to think that? And then, I thought that as well. Yeah, I thought yeah. like, well, that's that's it. That's that kaput. <laughs> <laughs> so I just I just assumed like Discovery was like. It's like maybe a spin-off of the Borg or some shit like that, but obviously nobody could say the word Borg because of where it's when it's set. Yeah, but like I, I mean, I really loved season two of Discovery, which I, I never realized until I started talking about it on Twitter that I got loads of people popping up saying, "How can you say Discovery is better than Picard?" <laughs> but um, the time travel thing in season two was really nice because I realized that by the end of it, that the whole thing was about them fighting the weight of their own future. Mm-hmm. which is the continuity of the show and it's like it's a bit of a meta narrative i guess yeah right? it's really yeah. fucking nicely done and um yeah. but also the other thing i love about it is that it's taken a character mm-hmm. that everybody knows and everybody knows what happens to him and everybody like it's just such a hugely established character in star trek that nobody really gave a shit about anyway <laughs> and made you really invested in him a pike yeah 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 i mean i felt like that's how you do a prequel. The tragedy of what happens to Pike yeah. kind of loomed large all the way through the thing before they even referred to it. No, totally. I wasn't expecting them to refer to it, and then they did, and it was like the fact that he knows about it. Yeah. Years before he's had this vision, and yet he still does what's right and what's expected of him. And you know, mm-hmm. that is the essence of the character, right? Yeah. He's fucking Starfleet through and through and he's um he's an honourable man and he was born to fucking leap on a sword somewhere. Aye. So um it, I think it enriches the character personally. But other people don't like 
good stuff. So no, <laughs> <laughs> I know it's I can't believe how long we spent talking about fucking Star Trek. I mean, you knew this was coming, man. I knew this was coming. Every <laughs> single fucking time. I remember back in the day, we were meant to be doing an episode on fucking Red Dead Redemption on some or something, and it'd be like, aye, it's like that bit in fucking A Fistful of Data as well. I have actually been... The, the nice thing about this... Well, maybe not nice, but this one of the things about this situation is that I've managed to play some video games, which is... You, you actually struggle to do that, usually, because, I mean, everyone does, right? I think it's one of those things where it's like I can't allow myself mm. to put that amount of time aside because my brain's always telling me I should be doing something more productive, mm-hmm. which is horrible, obviously. Mm. And it's still kind of going on in this sort of quarantine situation. I'm waking up every day going, right, I need to be doing something... And it's like you literally can't do anything. You can't go anywhere. You know, you can't... There's no... Nothing's open. Nobody's yeah. waiting for anything. Yeah. It's kind of weird. So and um, I think as the sort of pressures of, like, normality kind of ebb away... Yeah. I hope that we come out of this a, a changed society who value different things because, be. you know, people want to get... People who want to get back to normality, it's like, why do you want to get back to normality? Normality was fucking terrible. Mm. Maybe some version of that where, you know, we actually do value nurses and we do value universal healthcare and we value the idea that the state is there to make sure people have a safety net. I mean, Christ, I feel like it can't be going anywhere for a while at this point. I mean, I'd hope anyway. I Maybe a wee bit jaded, but it's like the thing I've gone through my life, we've never lived through anything like this, but when things happen, you think, okay, people are going to change. Mm. We're going to be, we're going to do things differently. And then everything, everything goes back to shit within two weeks. Yeah. But I don't know, I guess this is sort of, it's big enough and it's, I think the thing that's mental about it is like going through something that's people are going through all over the world, you know? Uh, the fact that it's such a shared experience and it's entrenched, like we're in mm-hmm. it for the long haul and maybe the fact that it is like genuinely, it's having to change people's behaviour whether they like it or not. Yeah. I mean, that's something that could go either way. You know, we might come out of this with Western governments getting a taste for authoritarianism, you know? But uh. I mean, you know... Uh, let's not think about that because that's depressing (laughs) (laughs) let's get back to important things like uh, a fistful of datas I'm really (laughs) really focused on a fistful I want to go and watch a fistful of datas right now (laughs) it is a good one when you look back and you actually look at some of what goes on in fucking episodes of Star Trek you're like that is absolute nonsense and like somehow the sort of slightly darker edge Star Trek that we're getting now trying to marry that with like an episode like Cupid or any of the Q continuum episodes, to be honest with you. Q was one of the characters I kept thinking of while watching Picard. I was like, I don't understand. I cannot, my brain cannot reconcile the world of Picard as it's presented uh-huh. with the, the world of TNG and yeah. DS9 and Voyager where Q exists. Yeah, exactly. The idea when you're watching Picard, when there's a character getting their fucking eyeball pulled out in some <laughs> horrifically misjudged body horror scene that kicks the episode off. And everyone's swearing. <laughs> and then you think back to, like, Q fucking standing on the bridge of the Enterprise with a mariachi band. <laughs> like, <laughs> this doesn't... Is this the same? I was really, I'm really hoping that season two establishes that Picard's dog is Q, keeping an eye on him. <laughs> I know. I genuinely did think for a minute 
because I didn't for some reason I didn't see because you know when they had that Gollum thing mm. we should probably point out there's Picard spoilers in this then they had that Gollum thing and they were like uh, of course everyone was like oh they're going to bang Picard and that thing and I was like they're not going to make him a fucking robot surely surely and when he when he died I was like this is going to be a segue into season two and there's going to be some Q bullshit going on that'd be really cool yeah but no no <laughs> no no, no we'll, just put, we'll just put him into a robot I'm guessing man that they've done that to set up some robot bullshit for more of this mm. tentacly fucking robot squids <laughs> yeah it's 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 <laughs> Man, it was so, the thing that disappointed me about that was just like them talking about like there's got there's there's some other higher race out there waiting for you to reach a certain point so they can come in and do a first contact situation yeah. and it's not it's just fucking robot tentacles coming <laughs> from red space yeah <laughs> uh, it's yeah i mean it, it's comes yeah. to something when fucking star trek is just re- like reheating the plot from mass effect <laughs> it was so mass effect wasn't it yeah i mean i mean oh, and, no, and the thing is mass effect's a video game right so the expectations for its narrative are not that high yeah. like w- when you take the mass effect story and transplant it into literally anything else it's like well that's shite <laughs> i mean it's fine when you're fucking shooting things but <laughs> it's not doesn't really hold up as a fucking you know it's fucking amazing after like how long the mass effect the mass effect effect (laughs) hit sci-fi like afterwards it's like how many fucking art departments were playing mass effect i know like literally everything is like a holographic (laughs) screen now that you can't fucking see through every time they use one of those fucking transparent holographic screens on on a sci-fi show i'm just like Imagine watching Lawrence of Arabia on that. It'd be fucking <laughs> the black levels on that are terrible. Is that not what happens in Prometheus? Is it? it are they literally watching Lawrence of Arabia? <laughs> Aye, your fucking man. Uh, what's his name? The robot. Um, yeah. Oh fuck, Fastbender. Yeah. He's watching. He watches Lawrence of Arabia on a big holographic screen. I think. I mean, that'd be shite. <laughs> oh fuck where were we even going on that I don't, I... I've, I've no idea I think we've massively lost the plot absolutely <laughs> it's mad how like everything has to be a digital event now because nobody can go out it's like in some ways it's uh, it's kind of like a brave new world and in other ways it's just fucked everything the thing that gets me is it's made me realise how fucking introverted i am because it's only been a couple of weeks and everybody seems to be having big zoom meetups every three days and it's like guys i don't see my pals that much oh i know like i could go a couple of weeks without seeing them and it's fine oh i know i know it's mental <laughs> like there was all there was this massive talked about this last week there was this massive like flurry of of people wanting to do meetups and all that kind of stuff and it's just like but I don't, I mean, I fucking sit in my house when there's no pandemic. I know, just give me peace. Give me peace, honestly. Just give me, I think, I think that the, the sheer level of people now wanting to hang out, the barriers to me hanging out with most people I know are exactly the same now as they were six months ago. I know. Fucking, yeah, exactly. You know, but for the vast majority of my friends who, who live in different cities, it's like, well, I mean, we could have always done this. What is it about now that makes you want to talk to me that you didn't before? I know. Now that there's a horrendous global situation unfolding, the ramifications for which will not be fully understood for decades, I really want to know what Trink is up to. <laughs> I wonder if he fancies Dana's Zoom. <laughs> 
<laughs> they load up my, my fucking Zoom backgrounds, the Enterprise, and they're like, right, <laughs> catch you later. <laughs> Fuck, I tell you what, man, this, through this entire situation, still haven't they set up my VR headset. You should get on that, still man. Still can he be arsed. That's, that's annoying. I bought the fucking Star Trek one, but I realise I need the wands to play it well, you know? I played that in 2D recently. It was on Steam for six ninety nine, and I thought, well... If, if it's playable, but I was playing it with other people who were in VR. Mm-hmm. And um, I was really put on the spot to be the captain. We're talking about Star Trek Bridge Crew, in case people <laughs> haven't picked that up. Fucking hell. <laughs> Just segued yeah. right into that. So Star Trek Bridge Crew, where you play the bridge crew of a starship, and you have to sort of you know, bark orders to people if you're the captain or if you're the helmsman, you have to follow orders and stuff. And I was put on the spot to be the captain, by mm-hmm. the two people I was playing with. And it was hell. It was horrendous because, like, I'm a naturally kind of timid person, especially because one of these people I didn't know from Adam. Yeah. They kept getting annoyed with me. And because they were in VR with the head tracking and stuff, oh. I could see their frustration mapped oh. onto the virtual character <laughs> with them That's... fucking... When, when they rolled their eyes, I could see their head tilting up in the way that it does when people roll their eyes. And I was like, oh, my, oh my God, God, he's rolling That's his amazing. fucking eyes at me. That's great. It's great, but it was fucking horrific. It was just trans... Like, I mean, surely the benefit of virtual communication is that you don't have all the fucking horrendous body language of when somebody clearly doesn't like you. But I was getting it in fucking stereo. And it was just like, we get a communication and it was like, Captain, please head to sector fucking whatever. And, I fucking and, love the idea. It's like, I finally made it to the bridge of the Enterprise. And yeah, na- totally. Nobody fucking likes me. Yeah. I finally, like, this is my... Like, imagine explaining to seven-year-old Wee Jim this experience. And he'd be like, oh, I can't wait for that. I can't wait till I'm 35. <laughs> this fucking... The, the, the guy playing the helmsman just kept looking at me as if to say... Now, I would take a few seconds to be like, I don't know, I guess, should I order him to go? You know, there's no tutorial or anything. And... The guy, I'm sure he's lovely. I've got no problem with him whatsoever, but this is the only context in which I'd ever met him for 10 minutes, you know. He was like, so uh, you think we should go to that sector then, Captain? Shall I plot a course then? And I'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, do that. Right, it's already done. Mm. (laughs) Properly, like, clearly, like, reviewing my captaining skills as he's doing it. I just, love the idea of you barking an order and him being like, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, it was because like, <laughs> I got a little bit more confident with it later on in the mission. And they'd be like, we need you to go to the fucking Epsilon Indie system to pick up some fucking Jaffa cakes. I don't know. And then, uh, so I went, uh, plot a course to the Epsilon Indie system and go to warp. <laughs> Fine. Thinking this guy wants me to be confident. So, you know. Right. And and all, I just heard him go, yeah, done. <laughs> Like, go off. to warp. Oh, that fuck. Well. Go to warp. <laughs> yeah, I got slagged <laughs> off for that as well. It was like, because the guy on tactical turned round. I could see him turn round, literally did turn round, and he went, Go to warp. <laughs> it's like, it's what they say in the fucking show. Leave me alone. Oh, <laughs> this is my dream, and you're fucking ruining it. <laughs> It's not my dream to be a Starfleet captain. My dream is to be one of the guys who just sits in his apartment on Earth with a replicator, <laughs> <and> <laughs> getting the long pizza, and 
you don't want to be one of the guys that's got to make the hard calls. You want to be one of the guys who's just enjoying the benefits of living in a post-scarcity society where there's a hole in every single wall out of which you can get fucking watsits or whatever just by looking at it. You want to be you, know? you want to be somewhere in between in charge mm. and wiping the spunk out the holodeck. <laughs> We can't have that fucking language on. <laughs> Richie. I'm sorry. This is meant to be the respectable podcast. Can't he be, talk- can't he be talking like that? <laughs> this isn't he 2009. Sorry. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, listen, I, want to, I just want to, look, I want to sign off, right? Because uh, we've just had a curry <laughs> delivered. <laughs> and listen... Uh-huh. From the bottom of my heart, I miss you a lot, and uh, miss you, you too, know man. we sh- we should do this more often because we uh, should. Uh, I mean, um, I'd, I'd I'd rather do it in person, but if this this works, so yeah, yeah, absolutely, it has worked, I think. And you know what? If you're up for doing it again, I'd love to just carry on doing it because you know, yeah, sure, because we talk yeah. about we talk about Star Trek anyway. Um, I know, that's you know, true. Given half a chance, we might as well just do it as content. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I leave you with something. Do you remember? a wee while ago when you were under the bonnet of your broken down car in the pissing rain Aye. trying to use your phone as a torch to fix something Aye. and the whole time I kept sending you whatsapp messages <laughs> that said shite in my oakster <laughs> the, the most amazing thing about those messages is sometimes like they will catch me at the most inappropriate moments <laughs> I'll be really stressed out about something hmm and it'll be some. I'll get something like ping my forty, <laughs> and I'll just. I'll be like, oh, Jim. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure you did. I sent me one about two minutes before I had to interview Simon Pegg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's always stuff like, you want to see my bum? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get the buzz in my pocket. Put oh, <laughs> just wanted to apologise. <laughs> Sorry, it's fine, man. <laughs> Think if I stopped getting them, I'd be worried. I've been getting it like basically. I don't get that from Burns, but what I do get is every time I sit down to do anything, I get uh-huh. a phone call from Burns. Was oh, he a phone call person? He's a phone call person. Oh. He Burns is a phone call person, but he'll phone you to moan about Donald Trump. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, I love Burns to death, but it's like, it's not, I can't nip a shite <laughs> to be Man, subjected to what should be a tweet. I think the most human moment I saw from Burns on Twitter was him telling me how, that how often he's been watching Masters of the Universe. Yeah. And for a, a moment, I got a wee peek behind the curtain. Yeah. <laughs> he's actually <laughs> a very complicated nice. man. But I, hope, um, I was just like, it was a nice wee moment where I'm like, I hope he's all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure he, I'm sure he absolutely appreciates. It. I tell you what, next time what we should do is get you to talk to Burns. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> for 45 minutes. I'm not, I'm not sufficiently trained for that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'll let you go. No worries. All right, man. I will uh, speak to you later. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Cheers, man. Speak to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.